0: This 10th year of Daily Tech News Show is made possible by you, the listener right there listening to me with me in your ears right now. Thanks to every single one of you, including Justin Zellers, Pepper Giese, Carmine Bailey, and new patrons. Welcome them, everybody. Silent Signals and Al. On this episode Hello. of DTNS, PC Mag's Iaz Actar has been using the Galaxy Flip and Razer Plus. Which flip phone is best? We're going to make him tell you. Plus, what to expect from Nintendo's next console and augmented reality takes a big step forward. This is the daily tech news for Tuesday, August first, twenty twenty three, in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt,
2: and from studio with the hatchet, I'm Sarah Lane. From New York City, I'm Ayaz Akhtar.
0: And I'm the show's producer, Roger Cheng. Big happy birthday to Chewan from La Seraphim. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If any of you in the audience know what I'm talking about, feedback at com. You'll make my day. Um, hey, Ayaz, you want to do some tech news with me and Sarah today?
1: That sounds delightful. Let's do it.
0: All right. Now, we do have a special message for Canadians today. Um, It's extra special to have you here since Meta has started the process of blocking news links on Facebook and Instagram in Canada in response to the Online News Act. But it doesn't stop us from bringing you the quick hits.
2: Uber reported a better than expected Q2 with a record number of ride shares and operating profit for the first time in the company's history. That's a big one. Net income came in at $394 million dollars. Up $1 billion year over year because last year it was a loss. The company saw a 22% increase in trips on the platform combined with cost discipline, as CEO Dara Shahi put it.
0: So much AI news today. Here are the top things you need to know. Axios reports that Google plans to overhaul Google Assistant and start using generative algorithms like BARD with it. In another part of Google, (coughs) YouTube is testing machine generated text summaries of videos to appear on the search and watch pages. They would not replace creator written descriptions. A law in China goes into effect August 15th requiring generative AI apps to obtain a license in that country. In advance of that law, Apple has removed multiple apps from the App Store in China. If you want to keep AI from using your art, To train and then imitate you, Technology Review reports on a couple tools that are meant to make images unusable in generative AI training without changing how they look to humans. Chinese automaker Geely announced it will launch a large language model to help with autonomous driving and in-car entertainment as part of the Galaxy L6 car coming later this year. And finally, the Financial Times reports that Meta plans to launch chatbots called Personas That have unique personalities. So it could be a historical figure, like Abraham Lincoln, or it could be a personality with a purpose, like getting travel advice from a surfer.
2: You weren't joking. A lot of AI news today. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the BBC launched Social.BBC, which is an experimental Mastodon server that it's testing for the next six months. Now, you can't create accounts or posts on this exact server, but you can leave replies. The BBC said content moderation is a potential concern since Mastodon doesn't have a dedicated moderation team, but calls it an acceptable risk.
0: Uh, it's interesting. If you build it, will they come? A few security items to be aware of today, a flaw called Bleeding Pipe in the Forge framework that many Minecraft mods use will let attackers control servers and game devices, and you don't want that. So players should update to patched mods or delete unpatched mods and, of course, scan their systems for malware. The FBI is actively warning the public about the malicious use of generative AI to socially engineer targets as well as create malware. Many security researchers believe that guardrails against creating malware in tools like G- ChatGPT are fairly good, and it's probably easier for most malicious people to find exploits in more traditional manners. But the FBI wants everybody to be aware. And Bleeping Computer warns of a malicious Android app called SafeChat making the rounds that once installed can intercept messages from sms telegram and signal doesn't break the encryption it just intercepts them because it's on your phone and it requires user interaction so be on the lookout for people asking you to install apps that ask for unusual permissions that's something you should always be on the lookout for i suppose
2: In some global drone news, on Monday, China imposed restrictions on exports of long-range civilian drones. This is due to concerns over drones being used for military purposes, even if they're civilian drones, on both sides of Russia's war in Ukraine. Export controls take effect today, though some drone exports will still be allowed. Meanwhile, the U.K.'s first drone mail delivery service, a joint effort between Royal Mail and London-based Skyport's drone services, has begun in the remote Scottish islands of Orkney. The drones will carry mail from Stromness to Gramsey and Hoy, hope I'm getting those right, where postal staff will complete their usual delivery routes. The project is a three-month test, although both partners plan to continue it on a permanent basis if it all works out well.
0: You know what Abraham Lincoln used to say about drones? What's that? I don't know, but I'm going to ask that persona from Meta, and uh, I'll I'll get back to you on it. There you go. All right, we got Nintendo rumors.
2: We do. So, Video Game Chronicles sources say that development kits for Nintendo's next console have been delivered to key game studios. Now, Nintendo is reportedly planning to launch a new console in the second half of 2024, so... The dates add up, they make sense, but what else are these sources saying?
0: Yeah, okay. They are claiming it'll be usable in a portable mode, so just like the Nintendo Switch, but it might have an LCD screen instead of an OLED screen to bring the cost down so that there can be more storage. So the cost of manufacturing, maybe not the cost to you. It also will have a cartridge slot, according to the sources, which might make you wonder if it'll support Switch cartridges. Uh, It's worth recalling that in February, Nintendo told investors that the current 98 million switch users factor into its plans for the next console so that implied there may be some backwards compatibility but like you said sarah this none of this is terribly surprising this is about the time seven years later after the original switch mid cycle for the playstation and the xbox that you would expect nintendo to start talking about bringing out a new console
1: it's been so long they're still running i believe on a tegra processor that's in my shield tv which is ancient and super old And this and the even with the upgraded versions of the switch we still didn't get anything other than oled maybe a larger screen all i'm hoping for is that nintendo doesn't have a wii u debacle just whatever you name this thing just make sure people know that it's a it's an upgrade and it is backwards compatible you can have that that's not there's nothing wrong with that but then if you have like you know, let's say you call it Switch Advanced. You know, we all figured that out with Game Boy Advance. So maybe just stick to that kind of naming convention because next year, when people are like, "Why don't I just get that old Switch or the Switch U?" You don't want that confusion.
0: We are we are in the TikTok pattern of the disappointing Nintendo console, right? Because there was GameCube, which I actually personally loved, love but most people didn't like it. Uh, then there was the Wii, which everybody thought was amazing. Then there was the Wii U, which people did not like. Then there was the Switch, which everybody thinks is amazing. Is it going to be the Switch Cube? <laughs> it'll be portable, like, but it'll I be mean, a cube.
2: It, would it just be like a cooler Switch, maybe?
0: Yeah. If it's going to be portable with an LCD screen, that could be enough to to get people upset. If like it's not that yeah. different and it doesn't have as good of a screen.
2: hmm yeah, I don't know. I I I the Switch is so beloved. Um, in fact, I feel like I. Well, it depends on who's playing, but I feel like I, I hear about like someone's love for the Nintendo Switch quite often, like as if it were sort of new, uh, yeah. but it isn't. <clears throat> so yeah, I don't know. It, that I don't know. I I uh, I have no real guess here, but I know people are going to be excited about whatever it is.
0: The Wii and the Switch were departures from previous consoles models it does not sound from these rumors these these leaks i guess that this is a departure although this isn't an official word so we don't know there might be some other stuff going on we haven't heard about but i i think we're going to get an evolution of the switch and it probably won't be a bad version of the switch but it it i can't imagine them coming out with something that is a huge departure if they're going to make it mobile kind of limited get, in what you can do.
1: I got one idea. Maybe they could soup it up with some kind of like a dock so the dock is smarter than just pushing through the same signal. Maybe the on device is a little bit less powerful than the docked device. So you can get yeah. like 4k on your 4k tv but you're on the go with your lcd you get 1080p and it's not that big a deal because you still go. can output these major major releases that's the only thing i think could work because it wouldn't confuse like oh there's a new dock does it work with my old switch no it doesn't or maybe it does yeah that'd be kind of a, a crazy idea with USB-C.
0: that's a good bet some in the dock i like that i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna steal that and say so, it was my idea <laughs>
2: <laughs> slightly related to all of this uh for you mechanical keyboard fans out there you know who you are 8-bit do released its first mechanical keyboard it's wireless uh has 87 keys is compatible with windows and android and has hot swappable switches which is nice there are two editions but the n edition is inspired by classic nes console designs almost all white has gray red and charcoal accents Makes you feel like the days of yesteryear. You can order it now for $100, shipping August 10th. And now, for all you fans of Open Standards, you know who you are a big move in the world of augmented reality.
0: Ah, oh, listen to it. Listen to that crowd of Open Standards Yay. fans. Uh, you know what? We kid. But there are a lot of you out there in the audience. Uh, Adobe, Apple, Autodesk, Nvidia, and Pixar have formed the Alliance for Open USD to promote a standard for interoperable 3D tools and data. So basically, a standard for augmented reality um this has kind of been i've seen it compared to jpeg i've seen it compared to html it's kind of somewhere in between it's based on pixar's open source universal scene description that's the usd in the group's name nvidia already uses usd as the foundation for the omniverse platform if you've seen some of the stuff people make for augmented reality there if you were to create something that someone might want to call part of a metaverse You'd want something like USD because otherwise you'd have to replicate the geometry, the cameras, the lighting, all the materials for each thing you create on each platform you'd want to make it for. So having a standard means you can use whatever software you want and make it for whatever platform you want, as long as they support the standard. With a standard, you just make your thing. Maya, Houdini, Autodesk, 3ds Max, Adobe Substance 3D Designer, whatever. And then you can know that it's going to work interchangeably. Again, like the graphic interchange format the gif you know it just works across platforms open usd group will work within linux's joint development foundation which gives it a path to be recognized by the international organization of standardization uh, iso so this could be on its way probably is on its way to becoming an iso standard uh, and other companies like epic unity and even ikea have all expressed support for the standard uh, the doors have been flown open for others to join the Alliance. Uh, you might expect those three companies to maybe step up and join the Alliance soon. We're not hearing, though, from Intel or AMD about this, nor have I seen anything from Meta.
2: Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. As you were describing this, Tom, you, know, you mentioned the, the GIF standard. It also reminds me of you know various video editing programs, right? It's all gotten a lot better uh, over the years, but... Remember having to like output uh, the same video like forty different times, depending mm-hmm. on where you wanted the video to live somewhere. Oh yeah, um, that's t- it. Still can be a headache, but it, it you know it's it's gotten a lot more streamlined because uh, all of the platforms want you to use those platforms. You know, so they just, they decided to make it easier um, and start to agree on things. Uh, yeah, this this sounds like it sounds like a great idea. I guess I'm not surprised that Meta's a holdout just because Meta's sort of on its own planet when it comes to the metaverse right now. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, as more companies decide to to jump on the bandwagon.
0: I mean, uh, TechnoMitch asked if Microsoft was on that list. Uh, they're not. This is a very small list. This is Apple kind of is the only hardware maker. Well, NVIDIA makes hardware, but they don't make headsets. And Apple's the only headset maker. And the others are, are software makers. So it does feel like it's early enough that you might get Microsoft signing up later. Certainly, you're you're hearing from Unity. You're hearing from Epic. They'll probably join later. I wonder why Meta's not in on this from the beginning. Did they not want to be, or did these companies not want them in on it? I mm-hmm. I can't imagine they wouldn't have wanted them in on it. Meta must have just declined.
1: If I read the background stories correctly, Pixar open-sourced USD several years ago. Is that correct, Yeah, Tom?
0: 2016. That's right.
1: Okay, so, so there's no real need to necessarily be on this alliance to... use us to take advantage of it you're right. right yeah so they may be not going to join the alliance but the fact that apple's behind this definitely gives a huge insight to people going hey look they want as many developers as they can to get familiar with some kind of format so they don't have to relearn everything for the vision uh the vision pro the thing is getting content for these hardware devices that cost thousands of dollars it better be worth it and the more people that you can get to work on the same kind of standard the better and i'm just thinking that it's only a matter of time before other companies want to be a part of this because then i maybe they can sort of influence what parts become more and more standard or not but then again it's still open so anybody out there with any programming skills or even lack of programming skills this these days can just figure out how to make something better because one of the other things i was reading about with this is that open usd is kind of a kind of a chunky format uh-huh. and it wasn't really a mobile interface and there's a, a competing standard, and I, I could see stuff. It could be like a like the rules of physics. We don't have a unifying theory of everything. There's a small mobile version, and then there's a big everything version. But it, it's it seems like it's a really smart thing for Apple to be part of this, so they actually have content for that expensive, expensive piece of hardware.
0: Yeah, yeah. They want to encourage developers. They want to make it easy for developers. There's some discussion on whether to make GitF uh, part of this standard, so it might get bigger. It's usually Apple holding out from these standards a lot of times because they have a better way of doing it they're like wow well, the standard's nice but we figured out in a more efficient way i wonder if that's what's going on with Meta.
1: well i mean they could have helped create it with pixar considering steve Jobs' uh connection to the company for the longest time yeah I know, there might
0: be connections back there you're right yeah so
1: maybe there's like hey we kind of made this already yeah, we know yeah. it's good we're also here so that's that's my guess because why would apple get ahead of this they're already on it
0: now, for those of you who use Android, I have something for you as well. Ron Richards and Huen Dow Dao bring you Android Faithful, a podcast devoted exclusively to Android news and information uh, done in partnership with Daily Tech News Show. We're very proud uh, that Ron wanted to work with us on this. So catch it Tuesdays, 8 p.m. East Coast, 5 p.m. Pacific, or just get it whenever you want by subscribing at www.androidfaithful.com.
2: In the past couple of months, Motorola and Samsung have both announced new foldable flip phones. All the rage. So the natural first question is, how do they compare? Which one's better? Now, I, as you've been spending a lot of time recently with both of these phones. So what are your big takeaways and how do they stack
1: up to each other? Okay, let's see if I can show them on screen. We've got the Moto uh, right now on my left hand. We've got the nobody can they're, they're,
0: Nobody on audio can see that, but they, they're well, really you, simple. you're
1: going have to
2: believe me uh, that they are. <laughs> where, like, I've seen proof. IAS really does have these two phones.
1: devices in my hand, and I will say that they excel at different things, and they don't get everything right just yet. The Moto Razer Plus figured out how to use a small screen on the front of a device Way better than Samsung figured out with the Flip 5, I will say, because the Flip 5's got greatest, greatest hardware. It's got uh, better glass. It's got Gorilla, Gorilla Glass Mix 2 It's got IPX8 ratings, so like it can be dunked in the water, still not dustproof. It's got about the same cameras there, but it's got a very refined design. Then you've got the, the Razer Plus, which is more rounded and it's nice. But the main thing is you almost never have to open the device unless you want to. On the flip, the amount of times you will see something saying, well, open the phone for this, kind of defeats the purpose to me. I I wonder what you guys think about this. Do you guys actually want to use a small phone, like something that's a 3.5-inch display or 3.6-inch display, and then choose to open your device, or do you really just want to pocket a 6.7-inch device in a more compact form factor? I don't know. That's a good
2: question. I mean, if I compare it to something like my, you know, and this is iOS, my my Apple Watch, which gives me a lot of information, but is limited. Um, you know, I have to I have to grab my phone at some point, you know, for the stuff that I want to do. Uh, but I know that because they're not supposed to, you know, they don't, they're they not, they're connected wirelessly, but they're not part of the same machine. So it bothers me less. It might bother me more if my phone was constantly saying, hold it differently, and then you'll, all will be revealed.
0: I, I get what Gwen was saying on the day of the Samsung announcement, which is, uh, the foldables are great the pixel and the and the samsung is getting closer to the pixel in in their form factor of they work like a candy bar phone and you open them up but the flips are more compelling to more people because they're small uh because it's like oh i can actually keep this in a smaller pocket i can keep it in a smaller bag and then open it up and it be a phone so i've you know, if, if I had to come up with a person who'd say, No, I want that, it would be someone who's who's doesn't like having to shove a big old candy bar style phone in a pocket or a purse, uh, and likes the idea of the flip because it's it's more compact.
1: I mean, and there are devices right now out there that can do that. You get the flip, I want to say the not, a couple of generations ago, that had the very small LCD or ones that just don't even, barely have these like one line displays. You can have that. So you're like looking at it as a glanceable piece of information. But I think when you go to a 3.4 inch or larger screen, that's full color, 60 hertz, it should be able to do a little bit more than act like a bunch of widgets. Now, to Samsung's credit, they do have the, the ability to add apps, so you got to go into the settings and find it and they give you a list of six apps you're yeah, allowed to install, annoying, <laughs> which is very lame. And two of them are me- different messages apps. So that's even worse. I mean, these are text messages apps, but if you jump through a ton of hoops and it's in my review right now, of PC, PC mag, if you get good luck and then run through like 15 steps, you can install any app on the good Lock widget. And even then it may not run, which is more mind boggling because some guy who made uh cover OS or Cover Screen OS, which used to work on the old Flip and other devices, he spent time at the, or he or she, I don't know, went to the, to the Samsung store, learned how to create support for the new Flip, and it works now. So in other words, it can run any app and pretty much any widget, but Samsung has decided to close it down for this, I assume, in my perspective, a little bit like very Apple-like control, like this is the experience you're going to get because this is the one we'll get let you have. But Moto, since I think they have less to lose, they're like, go for it. It can go inside, outside. We don't care. You can run apps however you want. I, I really I think that for the durability aspect, I like that you don't have to open the phone. Because if you've got a limited yeah. amount of folds, why waste them? Because like, you have to type a one-line message back. Now, granted, you could do that with both of these devices. But there's just so many small things that I didn't realize that the Razer can do. On that small screen, because again, a 3.6 inch screen on the Razer is slightly larger than the 3.5 inch display that was on the iPhone, the original iPhone. So that's not that crazy. Yeah. Yeah. To type not aspect ratio is different. So I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that, but it's still very different.
0: Yeah, it sounds
2: like. Oh, yeah, the you look Raz- at the original iPhone, and I'm like, "This isn't real." <laughs> That's <laughs> There's a no way we all used for this and thought it that? was. Yeah. <laughs> That's no. Way. There's no way. Who could even see it?
0: I want to. I want to hold hold you. You know, to to picking uh, one of these, but I, I feel like it's pretty clear that you like the Razor Plus better. Is Is there something about the Flip Five that you would say it did better than Razor Plus at all?
1: I don't- the hardware is the hardware's way better. It's stronger. It's got better better glass, like I said. It's got better IPX8 ratings. I mean, the other one's got an IP52, I want to say. So it's got... 52, yeah, it's like
0: dust that. versus water, right, on the on the two.
1: The yeah. Razer, basically, if it sees water, it's going to freak out. So I, I would it's not recommend...
0: resistant that, Yes, that's, versus yeah.
1: dunking one. So mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of that. I will say that the software implementation on the Razer is better at this point. But as a piece of hardware... The Flip 5, i I'm. I'm just basically it's one software update from being like perfect or almost perfect. It's so close to being perfect that it's just maddening that it's just a software tweak that they need to do. Uh, and maybe that'll happen between now and its release on the 11th because, I mean, the software is supposed to be baked by now, but it's very frustrating. Um, but yeah, so hardware-wise, I think the Flip 5 is amazing. I think software-wise that the Moto has figured out the right way to go from inside to outside and back.
0: If you had to choose just one. Which one would you pick? Might be different for different people, but...
1: Uh, I'd probably pick as it stands. With no, like, out-of-the-box I'd go yep, like with Razer yep. Plus.
0: Yeah, because of the software, hmm. it sounds like.
1: Right. Yeah, because I, I don't want to tinker with that right no. now. More,
2: more to do. More to tinker.
1: Um, well,
2: uh, since 1977, the Voyager 2 probe has been tinkering around in the universe uh, exploring it. Uh, and while 12.3 billion miles away from Earth. I mean, it's far. Uh, it tilted its antenna to point two degrees away from Earth, this is last month, after an incorrect command was sent, and it lost contact. In fact, we talked about it at the time. It was very sad, you know, that Voyager 2 has been around for a long time. However, NASA reported on Tuesday that during a regular scan of the sky, which it does, it picked up a heartbeat single, signal rather from the probe indicating that Voyager 2 is still ticking out there. Now, NASA can't talk to it yet. They've got a huge dish in Canberra, Australia, which is now trying to regain contact with the probe by sort of bombarding the area they think Voyager 2 is in with the correct command, original command. But even if that doesn't work, Voyager 2 is already programmed to reset its orientation multiple times each year to keep its, its antenna pointing at Earth. With the next reset on October 15th, at which point NASA says we will probably have a joyful reunion if we don't before then.
0: i think the the most identifiable part of this story is entering a wrong command and then spamming with commands to undo it like <laughs> yeah. the, every yeah. one of us yeah. has experienced that it's just crazy to think of NASA doing it over yeah. 12.3 billion Reset. miles. eject control z control z control z <laughs> 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 oh gosh. Uh, well, I hope that it is, works. And if it doesn't, awesome. hopefully October 15th resets it. But yeah.
2: I, I remember when I was like, Voyager 2. Well, you know, it's been around since 1977. Yeah. I mean, we were lucky to have it as long as we did, right? But the fact that Voyager's like, I'm just slightly off course, but I'm here is just very heartwarming.
0: Yeah. It's, it's good that we, we know it's still out there. All right. Let's check out the mailbag.
2: Let's do it. We got a lot of feedback on our e-bike conversation. Uh, yeah. That was during our extended show, Good Day Internet, uh, with Megan Maroney uh, and Roger and myself yesterday. Um, so we'll read a couple of them. Uh, one comes from Daniel, uh, who's an avid cyclist, also has a motorcycle, knows a lot about e-bikes. Daniel says, in the U.S., legal e-bikes come in three classes. Class one, pedal assist only up to 20 miles per hour. Class two, the same, but throttle up to 20 miles per hour class 3 pedal assist only up to 28 miles per hour my gosh that's really fast uh daniel says when most people complain about crazy e bikes Most of the time, these are those 30 to 50 miles per hour max speeds with throttles, and if they even have pedals, they're kind of a technicality. They need to be banned, and you obviously need a license and insurance to ride a motorcycle. I think Class 2 and Class 3 e-bikes should only be allowed for adults, and some licensing or permitting is probably appropriate. Daniel also reminds us that when people complain about bicyclists breaking laws or Motorcyclists breaking laws, that car drivers break the same laws at about the same rates, but with more dangerous consequences. The solution always seems to come back to better and safer infrastructure.
0: And then Lynn uh, forwarded a link from Electrek.com about California Assembly Bill 530, which is in draft and set for committee vote and wants anyone without a driver's license to need a license for an e-bike, an e-bike ban for anyone uh, younger than 12 years old. Thank you, Lynn. Well, I, yeah,
2: I haven't, I haven't re- uh, read the, the draft of the bill, but that does not sound like the worst idea after our conversation yesterday.
0: Yeah. No, I was I was um, pleasantly surprised just how many people were into that conversation. We got more emails about e-bikes uh, than we have about any other topic this week. Uh, so, uh, good right. good pick, good topic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I think it was. It was making the idea, so thank Megan Maroney. Um, but we're first going to thank you, Isaac Tar, because you are a wonderful human, and we're always glad to have you on the show. Let folks know where they can keep up with the rest of your work.
1: Uh, go to PCMag.com. i got the review of the Galaxy Z Flip 5 up right now, working on the review for the Z Fold 5. should It uh, should be up in the next couple of days. Uh, all my stuff's there, PCMag.com, and there's a lot of great information there, so stick around.
0: Yeah, read that and uh, stick around for the extended show, Good Day Internet. Uh, there's another foldable out there that Ayaz has been trying out, and he's none too pleased with it. Find out why Ayaz is not pleased with the Google Pixel Fold. Stick
2: around. Just a reminder, you can catch the show live Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 2000 UTC. Find out more at DailyTechNewsShow.com slash live. We're back doing it all again tomorrow with Scott Johnson joining us. Talk to you then.